Hey, this is John. Let's Talk Native is now on Patreon. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash letstalknative. We will be producing exclusive content for our Patreon supporters. Thanks for checking us out. Welcome to Let's Talk Native with John Kane. I am John Kane. I'm your host. Um, look, it's a crazy time. I get it. Uh, and because it's a crazy time, we we end up having you know conversations that that almost make us draw lines in the sand, so to speak. And I got to be clear. I am not going to stop advocating for decolonization. I don't care what else is happening in the world. I don't care whether there's an election going on, if there's a sale at Walmart, <laughs> whatever it is that, that, that you know, people get caught up into. Um, you know, the, the politics and, and racism and the economy, COVID, all these things are out there. And when I talk about decolonization, Part of it is is the two row wampum. You know, part of it is is understanding that there's a path that we get to choose to be on. We're, we're nobody's forcing us, and I'm not forcing anybody, uh, you know, to, to walk a path or to, or for. I'm not trying to be the one that defines the path. I think there are lots of ways to define it, but at the same time, some things are really clear. You know, and and when we talk about the two row wampum, it is not just a, a ship in a canoe. Okay, and, and so I guess I'll start by kind of explaining a little bit what, what that concept is. The image, and, and you know, maybe I get Jake, he'll pull up uh, an image uh, on this for me as, as I'm talking about it. But the image is a, a wampum belt that has a white background with, with two purple rows of wampum on it. And those two purple rows represent paths. One of those paths is ours. The other path could be anyone. I mean, it could be another native peoples with, you know, with, with different, you know, with perhaps some different characteristics. It could be um, other people like, you know, white people, Europeans, but it also could be creation itself. It could be, you know, um, other animals that we, we interact with, you know, other, uh, you know, other living things and even non-living things that we share um, creation with. The, the instructions I think that that are embodied in that wampum belt are to say that you have a path. You don't need to overtake, disrupt, destroy, or abandon your path. You can still maintain your path, even though it might run parallel with other paths. Now, when white people came, the problem was that they didn't have a path across what we knew as our mother, our the. the our, the earth. They didn't have a path. They had a boat. And, and, and the closest thing to a path was this little wake that the, their ship would make as it, uh, as it sailed in the water. So when we extended this concept of the Turo Wampum to these Europeans, what we said is, it's, it's like, it, we, actually, we, we actually changed the metaphor. In fact, it isn't, most people, when they talk about the Turo, they don't talk about pads anymore. They talk about vessels. And so, but this was a change. This was a way that we could introduce this concept to a people who don't have an existing path um, in, in our homelands. And so what we said is, you have your vessel, you have your ship, you, you have your boats, 
and we have our we have ours we have our canoe so this belt as we extend it to you is like explaining that that we we both are sharing in this river of life and that we can go down this river of life on on parallel paths and look we will face the same troubled waters and we may even help each other we but we will not we will not steer your ship and you will not steer our canoe we will engage and, and some people view the 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 as a, as a trade agreement i don't know that i'd necessarily agree with that but but some have some have suggested so but the whole concept is and look there's been metaphors and and uh and other you know examples we talk about you can't straddle two canoes right you can't stand with a ship in each boat that part of that it comes from is associated with, with the churro so you know so our own our instruction to our own people is to is to maintain you know a path maintain maintain your path so when we talk about things like voting in american elections that clearly is is us stepping out of our path out of our canoe and into their vessel i mean it's their government now Whatever they've done, whether whether they've passed a law, whether they've screwed us out of land, whether they've you know called us their citizens or not, that's that's their actions. That's not ours. We still have a choice. We still have a choice to follow a path. Now, we may have different ideas of, of, of what what that path really means, and I want to talk about that a little bit because. There are certain things that that if you change your behavior and your you know your own cultural character into somebody else's I mean in a, in a dramatic fashion there's some ways that you can say yeah that clearly is. Now there's some other places that people could say well that's kind of is too. I mean so when we talk about I'm, I'm speaking English. Well, I didn't make this choice to speak English. You know, so this isn't a choice for me. I mean, I, you know, I can make a choice to, to immerse myself into our own language more. But, but again, that, and how would I communicate with you? Because you don't speak, <laughs> speak native languages either. So the, the whole point is, uh, some of you don't. Many of you do, and, and, and I'm proud to know you and proud that, that, you, that you have been able to maintain your, your, your fluency. But... So speaking English isn't about changing my cultural character. And in fact, I go at length sometimes, even within the English language, to make sure that I don't just try to do a word swap for a native concept and a, and a non-native concept. I, I want to make sure that, that, that I try to communicate as accurately as I can, even in a language that wasn't developed for our concepts. I, I maintain that no matter what language you, you speak, because of the use of metaphors and images you can create in that language, you can explain anything. I don't think everything translates easily, but I think there are some, any concept can be explained in any language if you take the time to do it. So is speaking English jumping out of our canoe? I don't think so. Is, is wearing blue jeans or a t-shirt jumping out of our canoe? No, but because again, let me explain. It, it's a path. It is not a spot on a wampum belt. It doesn't say this is where you stay and you don't ever leave this place. A, a path is something that, that 
it, it implies, it suggests a, that you're moving in a direction, that you're progressing. Now, we can get into debate what, as to what is progress, but, but, but taking a path doesn't mean stopping on it. We are not Amish. We don't have to live in a bark house and, and, and have not progressed in 300 years to say, well, that's, that's us you know, becoming you know, or, or maintaining our, our place on our path. Well, again, we aren't Amish people where we, kick, where we chose a, a space and time and say, we're not going to progress past that. I mean, more power to them for, for maintaining you know, that, that integrity of, as they define it. But that's not who we are. We would conduct trade with, with other Native people. We would have conflicts. And, you know, and, and, but again, what we would try to do is maintain a certain level of distinction. Now, if I, if I have, live in a house with windows, with glass panes, it doesn't mean that I violated the Turo Wampum. If I, if I get a driver's license from the state of New York to drive, that's not a declaration of citizenship. It is, I'm, it is, it is a, you know, getting, it, getting a, 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 an identification and I, I guess making sure that I don't have any conflicts as I drive down roads that the state has, uh, has created through our homelands and, and beyond. But that's not compliance in terms of citizenry. I mean, so, you know, and, and it, is, it is not a stark departure from being native. I mean, I mean if, if that were the case, then, then driving a car would be, with or without a license. So, but... If you enlist in the armies of, an, of a, a nation that have been your enemies for, for hundreds of years and then pick up that arm and, and go oppress other people with it in other nations, other people of color, people, other indigenous people to their lands because the United States has some national interest that they're using you to advance. Yeah, that's stepping, that's stepping out of our path. And that's clearly stepping into, not just stepping into the canoe, but that's you committing your life and your willingness to take a life for that other path. Not for our path. Because there is no interest of ours that's being advanced by the, by the U.S. or the Canadian military. None. I mean, and it wasn't in World War I, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, none of those places. Uh, no, they, they had other agendas and people can twist it all around about why they enlisted. But at the end of the day, you had committed your service to another nation. That's, and, and look, I'm not condemning it. I'm, I'm just calling it what it is. And, and I'm not trying to bully anybody for having done that, nor am I, you know, here's what I do hope though. I hope in having this conversation that somebody will have a second thought about whether they send their kids in, uh, to enlist. And, or if you're native, are you willing to fight for your son to not register for the draft when he turns 18? I mean, I mean, is it, uh, or do you just go along? Do you just comply? So this is, you know, my hope is when I talk about decolonization, that either people who think like me will feel validated or or maybe their, their arguments will be strengthened or maybe somebody who's on the fence saying, you know, I don't need to 
I don't need to register for the U.S. draft, the military draft. I, and, and, you know, if my, my kid doesn't have any other option for what he's going to do when he turns 18 and 19 and 20, I'm not going to talk him into picking up a rifle and being a, a sharpshooter, a sniper for the, for the U.S. military. And, uh, no, so I'm, I'm hoping that, that I, that the conversation that I'm having can, can make people feel empowered enough to make informed decisions about where their identity fits into a world that is constantly trying to assimilate us. And I don't, when I say world, it isn't just the United States. I mean, we do it to each other. So that's military. Now, on the voting issue, I don't think that we should vote in, in non-native elections. Look, and if you do, and if that's what you feel strongly about, then, then have at it. I'm not telling you you can't. You know, so when I get into a debate with somebody because, uh, because they felt like they were treated badly trying to vote in, in the election a couple of days ago, and I said, well, you shouldn't be voting in the election anyway. I, I, I actually didn't even say that. What, what I brought up, as a, as a matter of fact, in this conversation, and, and, and I do have some regrets on this conversation. So, but what I brought up is down in Allegheny, on the Alleg Seneca Allegheny Casino, they have a lighted up Turo Wampum sign, I guess. I mean, I don't know what else to call it. It's a sign. No print on it, but it's just a lighted up um, depiction of the Turo Wampum. I don't know why it's there. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me because essentially a, a casino that operates <clears throat> under IGRA with a compact with New York State is almost the antithesis of the Turo Wampum. I mean, it is literally going into a business and conforming that business under statute, under, the, you know, under some oversight or, I don't know, some authority of the state and the federal government. And if you don't believe me, then ask yourself, why is the Seneca Nation being extorted for a billion dollars, you know, um, at a time, you know, from New York State for revenue sharing? A whole nother issue. But there's that wampum, that two-row wampum up there. And I said, and yet, the person who, who I was commenting on, who's, who sits on council, I said, and, and yet you participate in their, in their government. And, and they don't even welcome, they don't want you to. I mean, th this was, a, and, and I got to tell you. I, not a whole lot of people agreed with me, but here's the problem. And here's my mistake. My mistake is I didn't put this on, um, on my own thread. I didn't put this, I didn't talk about this on my show necessarily. And I didn't put it on, on my group page. I commented on somebody else's comment. And that was a mistake. I, when I say I'm going to take a step back, I'm only taking a small step back. I'm still going to advocate the same way I always did on my platforms, Twitter, my pages on Facebook, you know, my, my, the Let's Talk Native show and YouTube channel. But I'm no longer going to comment. It, look, it, even though I share links on many other group pages, I'm not going to waste any more of my time or um, pick fights anymore on other people's platforms. You know, everybody has a choice they can make. And that is really the biggest issue that I'm saying. Because... <clears throat> what I hear all the time is, well, we don't really have a choice. <laughs> yeah, we do. When I hear people say this, that, well, they, they made a citizens in 1924. No, they didn't. They may have declared it, but if you went along with it, then you made that decision. 
regardless, regardless, look, there's certain things that we didn't make decisions on. If our, if our parents didn't pass on the language to us, if all we were taught was English, that wasn't really a choice for us, right? So th- you're right. There are some things that, that, that we are stuck with as, that we don't have a choice on. I mean, kind of the way um, commerce is done has moved away from bartering. I mean, it, it, we still can do that, but much of trade and commerce now involves money. It's a vehicle for trade and commerce. It is not subjugation into you know, somebody's money system. It, it is a vehicle for trade and commerce. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, but here's the thing. <laughs> we can become so engaged in the capitalist system that that drives our cultural um, identity, I guess. And those are choices. So how we conduct ourselves, not the means by which we do it, but how and at what level we do, yeah, we can get into that debate. Again, the two-row wampum doesn't prohibit, doesn't in any way, shape, or form prohibit trade or commerce. And again, some will, I mean, I remember hearing an Onondaga chief once say, and I didn't agree with him, by the way, but he says, oh yeah, the two-row, it's a trade agreement. I mean, he, he literally tried to reduce it down to only that and that i don't agree with it is a it is a peaceful coexistence agreement that's what it is it's about how we live how we travel on the river of life how we travel across the multi the, the many paths on uh, across our mother how we do that it, it's a it's a behavioral issue far more than just a, a trade agreement but but i shouldn't necessarily and I don't want to come across as bullying anybody. And I've been accused of that. I've been told, you know, I was told I was committing lateral violence, uh, that I was, a, I mean, literally somebody told me I was um, oppressing them by raising the issue that voting in the American election violates the true wampum. I mean, you can argue with me that it doesn't, but to, but to say that I'm oppressing you because of that? So, look, I'm not going to weigh in on other people's posts, okay? And and I realize when it comes to Facebook or even, even Twitter, all these things kind of flow through, you know, when you, when you go on the social media. But I am not going to stop advocating for decolonization. And to be clear, decolonization is not finding comfortable places in their systems it's not voting in their system it's not attending their churches it's not going uh you know enlisting in their armed forces i mean i know some people will try to say well you know there's certain things i do just as a job and honestly i think the one of the main reasons native people enlist in the armed forces is because the the lack of other viable choices for occupation i think a lot of our people see so very, very little opportunity in life. And especially at that juncture, at, you know, when you're, you know, 18 to, you know, your mid twenties, I think many people enlist just, just because of not having a whole lot of, uh, of other choices. And it gets viewed as a better choice than the alternatives that the other alternatives they're considering. I think it's a bad choice and I don't think it should, I don't think it is a better alternative. But, but again, look out, look how enlistment is, is pitched. Oh, travel the world, you know, army of one, you know, and they, they always show the, the, these great things you can do in the military. They don't talk about, you know, you know, uh, killing people. 
They never show. I mean, even though you're, they, they show soldiers with aren't with with rifles. They those rifles for killing people. <laughs> they aren't for maintaining peace, right? So, but they never show any of that. So, I, so I get that. I think people look at, oh, I can I can pick up, I can learn how to be a diesel mechanic. You know how many people I know joined the military to become diesel mechanics and never became a diesel mechanic. You know how many people I know that I know who joined the military expecting they were going to travel the world. They're going to go to Europe. No, you didn't go to Europe. You went to Vietnam. You went to you went to Baghdad. <laughs> you didn't get to you know sit on the French Riviera. I mean, but but that's not how it's sold to you, right? And so, but but to be clear, to enlist in their armed forces, it could be there may not be many more clear um, examples of what the Turo Wampum was intended to uh, to advise against. One, the other one is is their government, and and look, I'll, I'll even parse that out a little bit. If you vote in an American election, you are accepting a, uh, a, a U.S. citizenship. You're now you may be of the view that you didn't have a choice, but you're wrong. We all have choices, so we can accept the imposition of American citizenship, or we can reject it. And if you don't want to get up and reject it, you know, yell it out from a mountaintop the, may, the way maybe I will. You don't have to. Just don't comply. Just just don't vote in their elections. Don't run in their elections. And we can discuss their politics. I mean, it, it does affect us. I get that. And I weigh in. I talk about American politics and Canadian politics. And I, I've, you know, condemned certain politicians on either side of that imaginary line. And I've condemned some of our own. But... But we don't have to be a part of their system. You know, in the conversation, you know, one of the responses was, well, if I saw an opportunity to change their leadership, I was going to take it. No, you weren't. You were making their leadership your leadership. I mean, if you vote in the election, if you voted in 2016, it doesn't matter who you voted for. You were essentially saying that, the winner was going to be your president. Donald Trump was your president if you voted in 2016. I mean, that's a choice that you made. You participated in the contest knowing that there was going to be a winner and a loser. doesn't matter who you voted for. You validated the process. This debacle that's playing out right now about whether Biden won or whether Trump won and, you know, four million more votes on one side, but barely squeaking out in the electoral college. If you voted, you are validating that system. You're saying that that's the system. And, and I'm I'm a willing participant in it. You're not you're not required to. And then there's you know, this whole idea. If you are you doing it out of a because it's your right to do it. Or because it's your duty to do it. Because it's one thing for the for the U.S. government to say, well, we're going to let you vote in our elections. We're not going to encourage you to do it because we really don't want you to. I mean, and, and you're going to you, we're going to create some obstacles, you know, that'll make it that if you're going to do it, if you're going to enjoy this right that we're that we're making available to you, we're going to make sure that you do more than just vote and conform we're going to want you to fill out a form that says where you live is in new york state or north dakota or florida we're we're gonna we're gonna want you to conform we're gonna make sure that you have um house numbers on your house no matter where you live that's we're gonna make sure that you take an extra step 
in this assimilation process. We're not just going to let you vote. No, you're going to have to sign a document that basically places you in a specific voter district, congressional district, legislative district. You're going to sign a document that says, this is who your congressman is. This is who your senator is. This is who your governor is. And this is who your president is. And your house, where you live, is in our district. That's what we're going to require you to do. And then we're going to let you, then we're going to let you cast a vote. So I'm against it. If you are okay with all that, that's a choice that you're making. Nobody's making you do it. But here's the thing. Here's one of the other reasons why it's such a bad choice. It doesn't affect the outcome. Look, they're, they're counting, you know, votes right now. And, and when I say there's a marginal win that might go to Biden and it looks like he's going to become the president of the United States. I mean, it, it'll be probably, if it hasn't been decided already, I don't know. I'm not, <laughs> but the few votes, this, uh, the Senate agent had an election here uh, on Tuesday. 2,000 people voted. 2,000 people voted in that election. Out of the, the entire Seneca population, only 2,000 people voted. Now, I don't know how many eligible voters there are, but there's probably 6,000. So only about a third voted. And they didn't all vote for the same candidate, even though it was pretty much a landslide win. But if you took that same 2,000 people and they voted in, in, uh, you know, in the U.S. elections, there are... It's probably split 50-50. I don't know that those same 2,000 people would vote. I mean, it's a pretty low voter turnout in a, in a second nation election for Senecas. I suspect fewer of them will vote in, in the other elections. I, I suspect, especially since nobody's going to pay them to vote. <laughs> so, so maybe if they offer them 50 bucks to go, uh, go into town and, and vote for, for white people, they would have done it. But you know, I, don't know, I don't know that's going to happen. <laughs> so... So there's probably less than 2,000 people. And again, that 2,000 people, that is spread out over three counties, two different congressional districts, I, I assume. Yeah, I guess it's got to be two different congressional districts. Um, so it, is, it isn't even 2,000 people that it can affect a specific race other than, you know, voting for the, the president. You know, and, and there were no senators for, up for, uh, in New York State up for, for election, so they, they weren't on the ballot either. But think about who won. I mean, uh, in this region, Biden may have won Erie County because of Buffalo, but most of the rural parts of Erie County all went uh, went for Trump. Chautauqua County, Cattaraugus County, where other where parts of the Seneca territory are in, those are are, are surrounded by anyway. I don't think the Seneca territory is in a county, but if you're voting, you're saying it is. You're, if you're voting, you're saying you're in a congressional district. So it's already been split, uh, you know, split up. Two Republican congressmen got, got elected in, uh, in, in and around this area. So did Seneca's help that? Did they vote for Republicans? Maybe they did. I don't know. I mean, and, and, and uh, Trump won uh, Chautauqua and, and Cattaraugus County. So... I don't know where Seneca's voted, but they didn't change any, any outcome there. Whatever happened was going to happen with it, whether one Seneca voted or no Seneca voted. I mean, it, 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 so 
We don't change anything. We don't help. Not a, there's no place in the United States where the native vote will turn a red state blue or a blue state red. So, I mean, that's just, that's just the way it is. You know what? We're, we're, we're at the bottom of the hour, so we'll, we'll take a, a break and we'll, we'll come back. I want to get into it because although I don't want to weigh in on somebody else's, I do encourage people to challenge me on the stuff that I post. And I'll talk about some of that when we come back. This is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. Hey, thanks for coming back. This is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. And I am talking about decolonization within the, the, the concept of the Turo. So that's what I'm trying to talk about. Because, look, I realize that, that I offend some people. And, and I guess I do it on purpose. I mean, I guess. I mean, but part of it isn't to necessarily to offend anybody. It's really about putting it out there that you, we have choices. And I, I, obviously, everybody knows you don't have to vote. I mean, you know, people choose to vote. And the fact that Native people, not only some Native people, will vote in those elections and feel good about it, yeah, that, it, it's a little troubling. But the part that's interesting is when you hear them explain why. You know, they, oh, well, I'm, uh, because I'm not going to sit back and do nothing. Well, for one thing, voting is tantamount to doing nothing, it, you know, especially the native vote. It doesn't really matter. So if you think you did something, yeah, you really didn't. I mean, and then if we're, look, whether you're sitting on council, elected or otherwise, we, we always say things like we are sovereign. We are, you know, we're sovereign people, sovereign nation. Well, how are you sovereign? I mean, I hear people say, well, we can't be sovereign if we're getting federal funds. Well, that's not true. Israel gets funds from the United States. But I don't know how many people from Israel, from Israel, I mean, vote in U.S. elections. Now, maybe there's some people who have dual citizenship. But here's the thing about dual citizenship. Both countries will recognize the citizenship. If you're Seneca or, and I got into it with somebody from Navajo. Well, you know, you can be Navajo and still be, you can be a Navajo citizen and a U.S. citizen. Yeah. But does the United States recognize that? Or do they only recognize, are they only going to recognize, if you're voting, you're not voting as a, as a Navajo citizen or a Seneca citizen. You're voting as a U.S. citizen. So as far as the United States is concerned, you're a U.S. citizen. They don't have to recognize the, the dual citizen part. The, what they will recognize is that they will say, oh, you're a member of a tribe. You're, you're an enrolled member of a tribe. No, they don't, they don't go the whole citizenship thing. They don't recognize us as a distinct people a, 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 that have a distinct sovereignty associated with it. No, they don't. They don't. They, they just don't. In fact, the United States... They might throw the word tribal in front of the word sovereignty. And when they do that, they mean, yeah, they're not really sovereign. They're, they're just, they have some ability to do some things within their territory that we let them do. 
That's that's how the United States views you. So don't even pretend that there's this whole dual citizenship thing. Because if the one country who you're claiming to be a part of, you know, a citizen of, doesn't recognize the other country, then you're only that citizen. I mean, uh, and and you and you're you're accepting it even. So if you're voting in that and you think that you're going to affect their leadership, no, you're you're saying that they are your leaders, and that that was the point that I was you know trying to trying to make here. And you've diminished your ability to say that you are a distinct people, because you, if you get to vote in their election, they don't get to vote in yours. I mean, only enrolled Senecas get to vote in Seneca elections, and. And that's fine. I mean, I, and not very many do that. I mean, you know, like I said, one in three, one in three will vote. And that's, and that's high. In, in most native territories where there's an election or, or some sort of referendum process, you're lucky to get that. I mean, like I said, Six Nations, only like four or five percent. Aquasasne, it's hundreds of people, not thousands, hundreds of people. And they're a bigger population. So, no, it, uh, we, aren't, we aren't a voting people. But when I get into this debate, because I put uh, one of the posts that I put, because I knew how crazy this was going to be. I mean, I didn't know early on, it looked like Trump was going to get elected, be the, be the president. And, you know, so I'm, I looked at it, okay, so Trump is, is still going to be the president. The, the Democrats didn't take the, the Senate and they lost seats in the House. Yeah, that's great. They did wonderful. But again, it wasn't, and this is what I posted. I said, not my circus, not my clowns. And, and so I, I just put, I didn't even, there was no other context to it. I just posted that as a, almost as a meme, right? Not my circus, not my clowns. And I had a whole lot of people say, well, yeah, but that you can say that, but we're affected by it. You know, it is our circus. And so I, I, and I welcome that, but I post that on my page so I can engage with the people who want to, want to challenge me on that. And when I say, I'm going to take a step back, I'm just not going to do that on other people's pages anymore. I'm just going to do it on mine. But I, I welcome the discourse. And, and part of the reason, I guess, for doing it, when I see somebody post something about going to vote, you know, uh, uh, not just a, a Seneca, but a Seneca counselor going to vote and then being told that was a mistake to let Senecas vote in their election. Um, I guess I kind of agree with that. <laughs> you know, and, and everybody's outraged. Oh, I'm so proud of you for going and doing it anyway. I'm, I'm so proud that you did that. And... I just wanted to offer a different view. And, and, then, and then it turns out people stopped bashing the old man who you know, criticized him for exercising his right to vote to turning me into the bully for saying, yeah, you really shouldn't be voting in an election. You know, and I made a Turo Wampum reference. But, um, but I'm going I'm to keep saying what I'm saying. And, and people are perfectly you know, it, it is, they have the right to disagree with me. And, but here's the thing. If you voted a couple of days ago, you can still decolonize. You can just not vote the next time. Maybe you, maybe you come to be aware. Maybe you, you wake up and you realize that our vote doesn't matter. The Republicans still got elected as congressmen in this area and the state, which overwhelmingly, you know, for the most part, anyway, I think 43% of the, the population in New York State um, still voted for Trump. I mean, so that's still, that's still a pretty good chunk. And obviously, if you, 
every native territory, no matter where we are, and no matter what state surrounds us, we're surrounded by right-wingers. I mean, so if you live in Dakota, it's clear that that's, that's a red state. Now, as living on Seneca territory, living, you know, in, in fact, it doesn't matter where you live. I mean, if it's Seneca, Onondaga, Oneida, Mohawk territory, the area around you is right-wing. I mean, it is, it is red. I mean, if you live in the city... Now you might be living in what is considered a democratic stronghold because the cities are, you know, and, and there's a, a few reasons for that. You know, you know, part of it is, you know, if you live in the city, you know a lot more, you have, have a lot more awareness about some of these social interactions because you're not as secluded, right? You're not, you're not as, you know, isolated, right? So you can come up with, you can buy into a lot of this, you know, the government is so evil and, you know, and the only solution is to be a Republican because they believe governments should be smaller. They never make them smaller except for when they just fail to regulate things. But, um, but anyway, but no, so we're surrounded by, I mean, there, there are not just Trump signs all over, but there's Confederate flag signs all around native territories, <laughs> even a couple of Nazi ones, you know, so that's what we, you know, look, that's the life of uh, once you get outside our territories, that's what's around us. So, and can we affect that? Well, here's what we can do. We can have relationships with people who disagree with us. And, and maybe it changes them a little bit. Maybe. I, I, you know, but I'm not going to go tell white people to take their Confederate flags down or the Trump flags down. But I will say, if I see businesses that advocate racism the way a, a Confederate flag does or a Trump flag, I won't do business there. So guess what? You know what that means? It means I'm voting, but I'm voting with my dollars. I, you know, so I'm going to make sure the trade and commerce that I conduct are with people that I'm going to trust and that I have some you know, common ground with. But I'm not going to vote in their elections. <clears throat> I'm not going to try to select their leaders because if I vote in their elections, I'm saying that their leaders are my leaders. And, and so when you vote, you also have to choose a side in this battle between Democrats and Republicans. And the problem with that is that we get crapped on by both. I mean, I asked the question, well, I wonder, did, did you vote for Trump's party or Cuomo's party? He said, oh, what'd you bring Cuomo up for? Well, because he's trying to screw you right now out of another billion dollars. So I'm wondering, did you vote for his party? Because I'll tell you, I don't know if Biden is going to you know, shut uh, as the president, as a Democratic you know, Party president, is going to shut down a Democratic Party governor like, like Cuomo. You think, you think he's going to get his interior department all over this thing? I don't know. Might have had a better chance with Trump on that one because he hates Cuomo. <laughs> I mean, but I'm not saying that we should have voted for him either. I'm not saying that you should have voted for Trump. I'm like, I think I think Trump is is the worst. I'm glad that he lost. I'm not glad that Biden won because I I have a lot of problems with him too. But I look, I'm happy to see all of these people whining about you know, you know Trump having an early lead and having it, you know, disappear because of mail-in votes. I, I, I'm enjoying some of this stuff. What I'm still a little anxious about is to see how this plays out in terms of violence, 
you know, um, the, I see a lot of right wingers polishing their guns, right? Get, just getting ready because if, as soon as Biden gets declared the winner, there's going to be some pissed off people. And Trump's going to antagonize them. And, and his sons and, and a few of his other handlers, they're going to be encouraging this. I've heard, you're hearing it. It's all over the Internet. And which gets back to why I say, not my circus, not my clowns. I'm not going to get caught up. That was my last show. My last show was, was to say, don't get caught up into their mess. Don't get sucked in. That's what, that was my last show. So I'm still saying that. And yet, when I post that kind of stuff on my pages, I'll get people to say, well, you can't avoid it. Well, yes, you can. And, and that, more than anything, is, is, is my message. We have choices. Now, I know there's certain things that we didn't choose. You know, uh, we, the, the system of trade and commerce is um, very much engaged in, in, in American and global capitalism. Now, we do have some choices on how much we get consumed by that. We don't have to be the consumers that Americans are. Those are choices we make. And we still can conduct trade and commerce without the dollar. These are choices we make. And are they, is it easier just to make money and spend money? Yeah, but it's also easy to, to be considered below the poverty line because not all, all that money isn't, uh, isn't equal in terms of how, how easy it is to make it. Native people predominantly live below the poverty line. So that trade and commerce, that capitalist system does not do well for us. Look, there's some wealthy people on, on territories. Many of them sit on council. <laughs> but by and large, we, you know, native people, you know, have, we live below the poverty line at a higher level than anybody else. And, and that's, that's all across all of Turtle Island. You know, so that's, that's the life that we, um, that we didn't choose necessarily, but we can either continue to ride and to, and to move on that treadmill, or we can make some other choices to change that. But, but, but then again, it comes to choice. Now, we're not going to get explicit direction from the two-row wampum. That's not, that's not what it's for. I mean, it, it isn't about charting your life. It's about warning you about how far to get off your path. And here's the thing about get it, stepping off the path. You can come back. You just got to leave some of that stuff that you collected up from the other vessel, from the other path. Some, some of it, you know, that's going to be life-altering. And I'm not talking about blue jeans <laughs> or T-shirts, ball caps. I'm saying don't bring it all with you. Don't leave the religion. Leave their politics. Now, understand what you learned about their religion. Understand what you learned about their politics. Let some of that knowledge guide you on your path. But don't let it suck you into theirs. That's the basic message of the Tura Wampum. It, wasn't, it didn't ever suggest that we could not progress as a people and that we couldn't have relationships with other people. I mean, and, and it certainly doesn't prohibit trade and commerce. So everybody who says, oh, sure, yeah, you condemn somebody for voting, but do you have a driver's license? They aren't the same thing. They just aren't the same thing. Now, 
I guess you could beat me up if I have an enhanced driver's license that, you know, that is a little bit more like a passport where there's citizenship associated with it. Yeah, you can beat me up a little bit on that if you want to. Do I, if, I, if I have a, a U.S. passport, yeah, you, you, can, you can beat me up a little bit for that. Because that's, I, I agree, that's, that, that's a, a different level. But, but to suggest because I speak English or have, you know, U.S. dollars in my pocket, um, or wear blue jeans that, that, that I've already violated to or wampum. So then what are we saying? Is it, is it just a de- decoration on the top of that casino that apparently that's all it is? It's just a decoration. And I, that bothers me because if you're going to throw a high want belt on the on your bumper sticker or a two row wampum, or even, you know, a, a warrior flag or, or, or whatever, and then not be a part of the resistance that it requires to maintain our identity. If you're going to comply with them, don't don't wrap yourself uh, self up in a unity flag or a warrior flag and then go vote for Donald Trump. And don't get me wrong, native people, some native people do support Donald Trump. I've heard some of them. I know, I know they do. I mean, I've got people who are related to me who, who do. Can't understand it. And I won't defend it. But I also, look, I, I will say, and I have softened up on my stance a little bit on the idea of voting. And, and, here, and here's where, where I give a little ground. If you don't live on native territory, if you live completely under their governmental system, uh, uh, the governmental system of the town or village or the, the state or the city that you live in. I'm not saying, you, you know, you, you shouldn't vote. Um, but I'll tell you, there, there's, there's two points to the voting, and I've talked about this before. There's what you are doing, what are you, how are you identifying yourself? And I don't mean Democrat or Republican. I mean... If you fill out a voter registration form, you're saying you're an American. You're saying you're a U.S. citizen. And it is only a right as a U.S. citizen to vote. So you've grabbed onto that. You have stepped into their vessel for that. <clears throat> now, the other part is when you, you say where you live is a part of theirs it's 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 a part of the state look if you fill out a voter registration form in the city of salamanca <laughs> or the or the seneca territory of allegheny ohio and you write your address down on your voter registration form you are saying as an individual who has seneca or not as a u.s citizen of seneca descent you're saying your where you live is a part of new york state because the state's uh, handle the voting, not the federal government. The federal government, you know, even though you're voting for, for national offices sometimes, it is the states that regulate um, voting. So I do draw a distinction between a native person who lives on a territory and one who doesn't. But don't get me wrong. If you're Mohawk and you live in New York City, even if it's only temporary because you're a high steel worker or whatever else, if you rush down to vote, you basically are saying that you're a U.S. citizen. So that's a choice that you made. And 
to me, who you vote for isn't the isn't the choice. It's to vote that is the choice. Because when you make that that choice, you have chosen to accept the imposition. Because we didn't ask, we didn't apply for U.S. citizenship. We didn't do it in nineteen. We didn't look. We didn't do it in the in the in seventeen seventy six. <laughs> we didn't do it in seventeen ninety four. We didn't do it in 1924, and we didn't do it in 1934. We've never asked, as a people, we've never asked to be U.S. citizens. We also never asked to be federally recognized as the tribe, band, or nation of Indians subordinate to the laws of the United States. And I know this is problematic, because I've heard some, some people that I very much respect to say, well, you're, if, you, if you're federally recognized, then, then you're under them. Well... See, this is another area that I don't necessarily agree because what they say and what we say is what matters. Now, I got to tell you, if you're if you list yourself as a enrolled member of a federally recognized tribe, you know, that's that's problematic. <laughs> I mean, and I've seen people say, you know, that you know, I've seen documents come from the Seneca Nation. Seneca Nation is a federally recognized, you know tribe or, or or that such and such is an enrolled member of the Seneca Nation, a federally recognized tribe. For one thing, it's just enough to say you're Seneca or Onondawaga, better yet. You don't have to give that enrolled member, federally recognized tribe. You don't have to give any of that crap. In fact, I've said it before on the show. I don't know why there isn't a formal proclamation or whatever, you know, a, a establishment, a resolution or whatever wherever it's got to come from, where um, if you live on Seneca territory, you stop putting New York or Irving or Gowanda as your address or Salamanca, that you list, you know, Logan Road, Cattaraugus Territory, the Seneca Nation. That's it. You can put the zip code down. I mean, that's, that's a number. But, I mean, it, it was only... I think the Seneca Nation still issues when they issue Seneca Nation deeds. You know, my my buddy Matt said I I refuse to accept this deed that you've given me uh, that you've printed for my for my property because it says town of I don't know the town of well, the town of Brant maybe yeah I guess it was, the town of Brant state of New York he goes, I don't need that on there. Cattaraugus Territory Seneca Nation is all I need on my deed. I don't want town of Brant or Collins or whatever the hell else it was on there, state of New York. This is not rocket science, folks. This is the, the most basic level of decolonization that I'm trying to advocate here. It's, it's just the basic levels. This isn't even the jurisdictional fight. This is the words that we use. And look, should the Seneca Nation come out and say voting in state and federal elections is prohibited? No, I'm not, no, I'm not suggesting that. <clears throat> but you know what? Maybe there should be a little bit more of a dialogue about it. I mean, maybe there does need to be a, be a better conversation about it. Because how do we say that the governor of the state of New York doesn't have authority over, over us if we're voting in their elections? How do we say the president of the United States doesn't have authority over us? And then when we say, well, yeah, but if we get you know, some people who run for office, they can pass legislation that can help us. If they can legislate for us, they can legislate over us. I mean, and that's, that's the problem. 
I mean, even again, I've talked about it many times. I was just watching a video I forgot that I shot on the um, on the Seneca gaming issue, the, the the bad ruling that came from their arbitration. But even IGRA, the Indian Gaming Regulatory Act, it did not give us permission to do gambling. It did not make it legal. It created a a by federal statute a way that you could follow their laws in doing it. To not follow the laws didn't mean that we were we were illegal. But instead, we went down that path and we, we left the state in our business. So And now the federal government doesn't, doesn't do its job. It doesn't hold the states responsible for following the laws of IGRA. If they would, there would be no revenue sharing. They don't evaluate whether the state is being, uh, is illegally imposing a fee on the Senate. And they clearly are. I mean, they're, they're, they are literally telling the Senecas, you have to pay us 25% of your, your net slot drop. This isn't like, would you share that revenue with us? No, this is, you have to pay us. And we've got the courts to back us up. And the Interior Department, whether it's Trump's or Biden's, they're not holding anybody accountable. So we have to decide whether they have that authority over us or not. But for us to, to constantly suggest that we don't have a choice, that's just wrong. That's just wrong. We need to maintain that we, have a, that we do have choices. And those choices can either um, define us. Our actions will either define us as a distinct people or just part of the American electorate. I, you know, it seems to me if I were going to vote for somebody on council, I think a, a good question would be asked: Would you are, do you vote in American elections? I don't think I'd vote for that person if I was if I was Seneca. And I'm not even saying voting in Seneca elections is you know isn't a little bit of a of a step off of that that Turo wampum. But at least when the Seneca Nation. You bailed on the clan system, which was a, a, a violation of the Guyana Lagoa. They didn't. Uh, they they didn't list their government, their constitutional government, as an IRA, an, an Indian Reorganization Act government. At least there's that. I still have problems with it, but I have more problems. I have less problems with the Seneca voting in a Seneca election. I don't. I have no problem with that whatsoever. But I do have a problem with any native people living on native lands voting in the outside. But to me, that's part of the decolonization conversation. Look, I want to thank you guys for listening. Not my circus, not my clowns. I, I'm perfectly willing to engage you in that conversation. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. Take care. Yahweh.